the Barnaby Joyce affair, his former staffer and their baby. You'll all have your views. I've spoken to plenty of you on the air defending Barnaby, others saying he should go. But as I said on the show, this very show, two weeks ago, I thought this had been so badly handled by him that he would not be able to stay in the job. He needed to just head off to the back bench for a while to get his personal life sorted out and take the heat off the government. He's finally decided to do that today. But what's he done leading up to it this week? He's supposed to be on leave, out of the public eye. He goes off and does a sit-down interview with the media, claims victim status again for him and his partner and the new baby. He just ensured the story would stay on the front pages a little longer. Then he had his Nationals MP colleague, Andrew Broad, saying he should actually quit. Then we saw the West Australian Nationals come out with the same call. Later, we discovered that they'd received a sexual harassment complaint against Barnaby Joyce. Now, he strenuously denies these claims, but they are getting very ugly, increasingly ugly. There's that word again, just an undignified, distracting and hurtful saga. And Barnaby Joyce himself said it was that sexual harassment claim that proved to be the straw that broke the camel's back. He could not front up in Parliament, go to the dispatch box as the Deputy Prime Minister with those allegations swirling around. He wants the police to have a look at them. He says he's got nothing to hide. But of course, the National Party federally is going to start having a look at that. And in the meantime, as of two o'clock this afternoon, Barnaby Joyce says he's going to resign. He's going to resign officially Monday morning. Let, let us know whether you think he's made the right call. 131873 is the number. But I'm going to tell you a little bit more about what I think. First off, let's have a listen to Barnaby Joyce announcing his resignation today. I thought this was a rather misguided way to start off his announcement. Can I say right from the start, this is never about me. It's about the person in the weatherboard nine. Something that manifestly expressed what the National Party is about. It's about the person in Lumbri or Woolbrook or Niangla or Derrimbandy their right to transcend through the economic and social stratification of life. Their right that even though they mightn't have had inherited wealth or mightn't have been born to the best family uh, or mightn't have had the best education, their right to advance, limited only by their innate abilities, to get as far ahead in life as they possibly can by the sweat of their own brow. That is what this has always been about, the incredible um, privilege that I'm so humbled by, to have been um, the Deputy Prime Minister of Australia, someone who went to Woolbrook Public School. But it's only fair on those people in the weatherboard nine. It's only fair on that purpose of trying to make sure we continue that advancement of the person so that if they're on the periphery of society, they can have the best opportunities, that there be, be some clear air. Fair go, Barnaby Joyce. Now, I like Barnaby. I think he's been a great politician. I hope he's going to return to be prominent in the future. But for him to say this was not all about him is just nonsense. That's the trouble. He hasn't put the National Party, the coalition, the government ahead of his personal concerns over the past few weeks. If he had, he would have resigned two weeks ago. It was clear two weeks ago he was going to have to resign by dragging it out, he's just made it worse for his wife, his daughters, his new partner, Vicky. He's certainly made the damage much, much worse for the government. He's forced the Prime Minister to, I think, unwisely come out and criticise him publicly and bring in this bonking ban, so-called bonking ban. But it's been all for the bad dragging this out, Barnaby Joyce. He really has been dragged kicking and screaming to this. And the bloke of his experience and of his love of country and of government 
he should have seen the writing on the wall a lot earlier. Anyway, he's off to the back bench now, and here's what he says reflecting on this development. Look, I'm not going to start talking about what happens next in my career. I'm going to focus. You've got ambition. Um, uh, and I've, it has been an incredible honour. It's like, I always think it's like being a wallaby. If you're a wallaby for 10 minutes, you're a wallaby for life. And isn't it, don't we live in an incredible nation, an absolutely incredible nation, that someone who went to Woolbrook Public School could become Deputy Prime Minister of Australia? Isn't that just the most an, an incredible endorsement of the people who we are? You are not the victim, Barnaby Joyce. You are not the victim. Stop talking as if you're the victim. Good on him for the career he's had. He is right. Deputy Prime Minister once. He's Deputy Prime Minister for life. But I reckon he's good enough to get back there if he can get his... Uh get his life in order and his political career back on track. He's going to face a massive pay cut. He's paid about $400,000 a year now. That'll cut back by half to about $200,000 just when he's got two families to support. He's going to be pretty bitter about the way Malcolm Turnbull treated him publicly. He didn't even ring Malcolm Turnbull today to resign. He rang the acting Prime Minister, Matthias Cormann, instead. So there's a lot of bad blood here. Here's the problem for the government. This is where the problems start to really unfold. Coalition disunity. There is a real schism now between the National Party and the Liberal Party. And the way that Malcolm Turnbull publicly admonished Barnaby Joyce is really going to leave some bad blood, not just with Barnaby Joyce, but with many National Party people. So this is a problem for the government. They've really got to fight hard now to work closely together and to bring back that unity. But they've also lost one of their most effective retail politicians, one of their most effective conservative advocates. Barnaby Joyce is absolutely crucial for winning over voters in the regions and in particular in Queensland. Queensland is absolutely crucial at the next election. The, 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 the Turnbull government can be wiped off the map in a landslide just with what happens in Queensland. And now they won't have Barnaby Joyce leading the charge in Queensland. So there's a huge electoral price to pay for Barnaby Joyce slipping onto the back bench. And the trouble is, he is going to be replaced by an unknown. He is going to be replaced by someone we don't know yet. It could be Michael McCormick. It could be David Littleproud. It could be a bloke I'm about to give you a, a little grab of, David Gillespie. It could be someone else. But whoever it is, I can guarantee you 95% or more of Australians have never heard of them and have got no idea what they've been up to. Just a, an hour or so ago, perhaps less than that, David Gillespie, who has put up his hand to run for the Nationals' leadership, who therefore is in the running to be Deputy Prime Minister of this country on Monday. He gave an interview to Ben Fordham here on 2GB. Here's a little bit of what he said about him going about trying to win the leadership. We all do our calls and uh, ring arounds, and that's the beautiful thing about the National Party. We've got so many people who are capable. Uh, we're blessed with talent. Oh, come on. Blessed with talent. They've got so much talent in the Nationals, they don't know who's going to be leader. That's David Gillespie's line. They've got so much talent, so many people who are just obviously good enough to be leader of the Nationals and Deputy Prime Minister of this country that they could pick any one of them to be in that position. How ridiculous. The problem is they have no one who is actually up to scrap. After Barnaby, there is no one who is really experienced or talented enough to lead the Nationals and be Deputy Prime Minister, but they're going to have to pick one of them anyway, probably Michael McCormick. Now, this is just a gift for a bloke by the name of Bill Shorten. There's no question that the relationship between the Nationals and the Liberals is fundamentally damaged, uh, irreparably damaged. That the Deputy Prime Minister didn't ring the Prime Minister 
tell him that he was going to resign shows you that this fictional makeup that they had last weekend was just a hoax. Both the Prime Minister and Deputy Prime Minister said after their meeting last Saturday that they, everything was fine. They were clearly lying. And now the fact that the Deputy Prime Minister has uh, resigned and not even told the Prime Minister shows you there is deep division at the heart of this chaotic government. I'm sorry to say it, but Bill Shorten is right. This is even worse than it looks. This has the look of the last days of Rome about it. We're looking at having a new unknown Deputy Prime Minister on Monday. Meanwhile, the two best Conservative warriors in this country, Tony Abbott and Barnaby Joyce, will be on the backbench, largely through their own doing, of course, but they'll be on the backbench. They'll be bitter, they'll be wounded, they'll be vocal, and we're going to hear a lot more from them. After this break, I'm going to be back with the former Deputy Prime Minister and Nationals leader, Tim Fisher. But I want to go to now on the line, Tim Fisher, who, of course, is the former Deputy Prime Minister, former leader of the Nationals Party. I think Tim Fisher, in a way similar to Barnaby Joyce, became very much the personification of the National Party, widely known and respected across this land. And Tim Fisher, thanks for joining us. You must be heartbroken at what's gone down here. Well, Chris, uh, it's a different ballgame since... I was the federal leader of a national party for nigh on a decade. Uh, 24-7, relentless media, the uh, Twitter artery, the um, uh, social media uh, is a massive intrusion on uh, every aspect of, of politics. And the job of political leader, party leader of any party, state or federal, is, I think, now a much more difficult job. But the um, that's head to a party meeting 8 a.m. on Monday morning. There will be white smoke. There will be a new leader. And uh, um, the king is dead, along with the king. I don't know about white smoke, Tim Fisher, because uh, we, won't, we don't want to be promoting infallibility in this age, I, I wouldn't think. Just on that, though, just I don't want to dwell too much on Barnaby Joyce. I want to have a look at where to from here. But given that... Barnaby Joyce, as Deputy Prime Minister, had left his wife, was in a relationship with his former staffer. She was pregnant. Shouldn't he have known that he needed to tell his Prime Minister about that and manage the conveyance of that information to the public in an orderly fashion rather than have it come out in this scandalised way? I don't dwell on day-to-day stuff, uh, obviously, in the advantage of hindsight. You can reflect on how things could have been better managed right back to that uh, 7.30 report uh, about eight, nine days ago. Uh, so um, uh, what's happened uh, has happened. And the reason I don't dwell on these things is I used the Joe Hockey diplomatic exemption clause because I'm now international chair of the Crop Trust with Seed Vault in Svalbard, Norway, looking after the world seeds in the Doomsday Vault. And I've got to be a little more, uh, I guess, removed from what I used to be. But I do reflect on the fact that... Uh, this is a very difficult job, and uh, I think the uh, next leader, uh, whoever he or she will be, uh, will find it also very difficult. But to some extent, there's another factor at play, Chris, and that is uh, the job make of the man. Michelle Grattan wrote me off the day I was elected leader in the first press conference. Uh, Indeed, uh, many people said Barnaby would be a joke. Say again? Indeed, many people said Barnaby would be a joke. And the day I departed, now the day Barnaby departs on the weekend, uh, people are a bit more reflective of what uh, the National Party and leaders of the National Party can and have achieved. 
I'd love to speak to you another time about that doomsday vault. It's a fascinating, uh, fascinating facility, but we better move on with this now. Uh, I want to ask you then about where to from here. He's been such an effective retail politician, is the phrase we all use, but he's just been a good grassroots, grassroots conservative advocate, especially in Queensland. We know, of course, he used to be a Queensland senator, now uh, a House of Reps member uh, for Northern New South Wales. But um, what price are the coalition and the nationals going to pay now electorally, not having his campaigning skills at the fore, particularly when it comes to Queensland? Well, it's luck in political timing, isn't there? The um, next two state elections are Tasmania and South Australia, where there's no sitting state NAT member. Uh, so uh, uh, it's going to be relatively quite through to 1 July when the ability to take half the Senate reoccurs. And I don't think there'll be a federal election this year as things stand at the moment. So there's a chance to rebuild. There's an interregnum uh, period, uh, which I think uh, Chris uh, will allow the National Party to rebuild and rebuild a must. And there's a lot of work to be done, I can see. And Tim Fisher, what about the lack of talent? I mean, it's often the case when you have a strong leader that others don't come through. But I would have thought it's a bit cheeky for David Gillespie to say that they're blessed with lots of talent. Uh, you'll know these individuals. They don't have strong public personas. They're not well known to the public. As you say, the job may maketh the man or the woman, although um, we uh, only have men contending the position at this stage. But really, it is a bit of an indictment of the Nationals, isn't it, that they haven't got anyone in their mix who's got a bit of a public profile and is known for their... Well, we missed missed by about three years because there's some very strong ones coming through and uh, they're just going to have to shape up a little more quickly, a little more early, but um, uh, there's bust-ups everywhere. There's a bust-up in the Victorian State Parliamentary Dining Room between two Labor members two days ago. Uh, a butter knife was involved, a stream of vindictive language in the Turkish language. So... Anglos in the dining room couldn't understand what they were saying, but they were sure fired up, and uh, there's a speaker's investigation into it. Uh, so you just never know, uh, but temperature and tempers run short. I think uh, the Nats will rebuild, but I accept the fundamental point. A lot of work to be done. And Barnaby Joyce, uh, can he get his uh, private life in order, just get out of the uh, firing line of politics for a while and come back as leader in the future? Well, that's for the party room, and I don't drill down that much detail these days uh, because of other roles I have, but uh, in politics, Chris, I'll allow you this much. You never rule anything in, and you never rule anything out. You sure don't. Uh, One final question, Tim Fisher. Are you concerned about the actual coalition, the unity between the Nationals and the Liberals? You have had a Liberal Prime Minister publicly admonish a Nationals leader a week ago, a week later, that Nationals leader has to resign. Surely a lot of people in the Nationals are going to resent that. Well, if that was the only factor, uh, and I think the National Party will think that there are other factors as well. So, uh, uh, all marks to Malcolm Turnbull in the way that he's handled the international aspects of his job. He gets very little credit for it. Uh, He hasn't put a foot wrong on any of the hectic trips He's made to Europe, to Japan, and uh, elsewhere, and now the, the USA. He's been very diplomatic on the guns issue. I haven't. The Yanks have really got to get their act together on guns, and sooner the better. But uh, I just think um, you just call a spade a spade, and uh, I think we move to a new set of players from 
nine o'clock on Monday morning, let's watch this space and give them a chance and give a new leader a chance. Tim Fisher, thanks so much for joining us. Ciao. That's Tim Fisher, the former Deputy Prime Minister of this country, former Nationals leader, former Ambassador to the Holy See as well. You heard him then. He's still involved now with this uh, seed bank, uh, the Doomsday Seed Bank. Fascinating character, but he, even he says, as much as he loves the Nationals, they've got a hell of a lot of work to do to re- rebuild some sort of profile and some sort of cohesion.